Brandon Brands. Hey, this is Lauren Davis from Lauren Davis Creative. And if you want to build a brand that matters, you should be listening to Brands on Brands on Brands with my good friend and networking bestie, Brandon Berkmeyer. In a world where advertising is ignored, business is exposed, and the only constant is change. How do you build a brand that matters? Welcome to Brands on Brands on Brands, a home for those who think different and push their boundaries. This is where branding that matters lives. Now, here's your host, Brandon Berkmeyer. Hey everyone, welcome to Brands on Brands on Brands, where I believe that building brands that matter is the only way for your business to thrive tomorrow. Today we have Lauren Davis of Lauren Davis Creative. She is someone that's really impressed me. She is someone that talks a lot about personal branding, building authentic connection, and how to leverage social media strategically for your local business. She also hosts her own conference called Social Rock and does a lot of things. She runs her own business, which she'll talk about, her own little record store out in Rockford that has become a phenomenon. Through that and learning about marketing and media, she helps other businesses with that. And then she now helps influencers and speakers and authors with that. In fact, she is the person that introduced me to our Monday podcast guest, Mike Kim. If you guys haven't listened to that, go check that one out. Uh, He has a whole brand around personal branding and it helps speakers build their personal brands. She helps him create that content and hone those, uh, that, that social media presence. So appreciate the introduction that she gave me. Uh, she's a great interview today. Lots of tips on how to use Instagram, how to use social content, how to build out your calendar, and has even provided us a freebie that you guys got to listen to to check out. It'll be, the link to it will be in the show notes. And I hope you guys enjoy it as much as I do. A good friend of mine, Check it out. Brandon Brand. All right, let's get started. First off, thank you so much to my guest today, Lauren Davis. Thank you for coming on the show. Thank you so much for having me. I'm so excited to be here. Uh, I am, I'm curious to see where this goes today. You know, when you know someone more than like off in the distance, you never know where these things are going to go. So really excited to have you. Would love to jump right into it uh, so that it's, there it is purposeful in how we use our time together. So. For some context, Lauren and I, who you guys will get to know, met through a mastermind group. And I've been talking about that a lot lately. And we're in the same mastermind group. And not only that, I I got to meet great people like Lauren. uh, And it's one of the reasons I'm spreading the gospel. But one of the things we do in our mastermind group, it's like 30 people, is we break down into smaller groups on a video call once a week to discuss our businesses and to hold each other accountable for making progress and to really grow. And Lauren and I got to know each other pretty well, connected pretty quickly since Lauren's also in marketing and she has her own creative agency. She does graphic design, branding work, creates some personal branding for some really impressive people in the business and influencers and speakers and that kind of thing. And definitely was someone I wanted to pick their brain on so you guys get that value. So today she gets to help us, let us know how she helps clients and how you can take some of those tools and resources and ideas she has and and apply them to your business. So listen close today. Before we jump into all that, Lauren, I'd love to hear just right now, what are a few of the projects you're working on right now that you're excited about that also gives everyone context for a little bit about like how you work and what you do? 
Sure. So um, right now I am working on an Instagram course. And like you've mentioned before, I do a lot of different things. I do PR, social media, marketing, graphic design, um, and I help my personal branding clients and my organization clients maximize their branding through those things. But the one thing I get asked about all the time is, or the one thing I get told all the time is, I'm just so frustrated with Instagram. I don't know how the algorithm works. I don't know how to come up with posts. It takes me you know, half of a day to create a post and then it gets like 10 likes. How do I do this? And so that's the number one thing I hear about. So I am in the process of building a very cool Instagram course right now that I think will be a little bit unlike any other Instagram course out there. And um, I'm pretty stoked. Okay. So what does that mean? Like, in, like unlike any other Instagram course out there, is it, are you, do you have some secrets you can reveal? Are there some teasers? Like what's, what makes it special? Is it how deep you go? Is it just the level of attention you're giving? I think that I'm extremely nerdy about Instagram and about Instagram analytics because I really like it. And so I, I believe that there are um, courses out there that are super beneficial and they can help you with facts about Instagram and they can really help you understand Instagram as a whole. But what I want to do is I want to dig deeper than that. And I want to show people all of the research that I've been doing and all of the ways that I know that things work um, and teach them to look at Instagram in a different way um, from a more human perspective. And when I, they are done with my course, I want them to just breathe a sigh of relief and say, wow, I had no idea this could be that fun. Right. Well, I, you know, for you listeners out there, I will try my best to pry some of those little bits out <laughs> of her today. Not so that you won't take the course, but that so you will, so that you will see the value and you will say, you know what, I need to know more, I need to do more. Uh, but we'll get into some of that. But I do, I do think it's interesting uh, when you start to get to know Lauren to hear how she got into this line of business because it's not traditional. She didn't work at a, an ad agency. She, she got into it kind of a different way. So why don't you talk a little bit about how you got into this line of work in the first place? Well, nothing about my past is traditional. Um, I grew up in this old manufacturing city, very uh, low economic development growth when I was growing up. Um, lots of unhappy people and lots of happy people too. But um, somehow I kind of grew up loving the city. And I think that had a lot to do with my mom being a business owner and my dad being an economic developer. So I really had this like business type of thing going on around me all the time. And between that combo, I was just always starting businesses. So like can collecting, babysitting, um, you know, sweeping driveways, dog sitting, lemonade stands. Like I had so many lemonade stands and I just couldn't really let that kind of thing go inside me. And um, so when my parents um, weren't together anymore, I took a break from being a business owner <laughs> in my childhood um, to be an angsty teenage journalist. And I wrote lots of articles about coffee shops opening up and musicians at my school and wrote lots of um, articles that I thought were very like avant-garde for the time um, as in a high school. And I was just like, I'm going to be a journalist. This is what I want to do. This is um, definitely my path. I'm going to go to college. I'm going to go to this university. And when it came time to go to college, I realized I couldn't really do that uh, financially. I couldn't, I couldn't afford it. And because of just some different situations, like my parents couldn't afford it. I couldn't get financial aid. Um, it's too late to get scholarships. So I was like, huh, what am I going to do? I need to figure out some way to keep my life in this perpetual motion. So I was like, I'm going to move out of my house. 
I'm going to go live on my own. I'm so independent. And so I did. And when I did, I met um, this guy named Skylar and we decided like every 19 and 25 year old to start an extremely niche local business, which is a record store and clothing and gift boutique. And (laughs) we had no idea what was ahead of us. Like we had no idea what we were doing. We neither, neither of us had ever worked retail. I just met the guy, started dating him and we decided to have this business all at the same time. I don't recommend that (laughs) for the faint of heart because it was, man, it was rough. Like we spent a lot of days, you know, working at part-time jobs and eating at that part-time job and then not eating again until we went back to that part-time job because we would get free food there. You know, we did a lot of like scratching our heads saying like how, like, we're not, we're determined not to fail, you know? Right. And you're, so you're running this business, right? And you and and your now husband, right? Are running this. My boyfriend at the time. Boyfriend at the time, which is like, I mean, the hardest entrepreneurial journey I can imagine when you're running a business that's brick and mortar overall. How does that become like where you are now? Because that, they don't, they're not exactly connected. The things that, that take it to run a business like that is not exactly uh, I'm now an Instagram expert. You know, like <laughs> where does the journey take its go? You know, take the veer. So that is a good question. So how do I get to this point? Is um, we were so broke and we were so like, how do we make this work? How do we make this our passion? That I was like, okay, I've got lots of ideas. Let's go shake hands in the community. Let we didn't know anyone. You know, we weren't like faces to know. Let's go shake hands. Let's get businesses together to collaborate and support each other. Let's um, get online anywhere we can. Let's audit ourselves online. And back in the day, this is like 2007, 2008, there was like only MySpace and Twitter. And there was Facebook, but it was for um, college students. You had to have a college email address to log in. And so I um, still had my, when I was going to go to that university, I had my college email address from that that didn't quite get shut down yet. So I used that to log into Facebook and I um, got on MySpace and I got on uh, YouTube and I got on Twitter and I just started like communicating with our community, getting to know people in our community, showing the people that were our customers or our potential customers that we care about our community, that we care about people, that we, you know, we're a very interesting store and giving them a pa- our passion and our reason for why they should stop in. And soon I realized that like this kind of stuff, creating flyers, creating business cards, getting online and marketing and creating these messages for people was something that people were asking me to do for them. Um, and I, I went, I, and like spoiler, I did go to end up going to school and I changed it to marketing and graphic design. But I remember um, in PR and I remember looking though, like looking at my very old computer at our store and typing in like, what is it that I'm doing right now? Like, what is this making flyers, putting our business online? What, what am I doing? You know, cause there wasn't like social media marketing experts back then. The so digital marketing landscape was like banner ads on websites. That's digital marketing back then. So I was kind of looking up, what am I doing? And I came up with um, marketing, branding, PR, graphic design. So I did change my my outlook and I decided to go to a local college and um, kind of get that degree. But really what taught me how to do what I do is the real life experience of building a brick and mortar store in a community that was super um, 
it was a store for everyone, but it wasn't a store that everyone grabbed onto right away. And, you know, I'm blessed to say that we just celebrated our 13 year in business last weekend. So it's really special that we still have this business that we're able to get businesses to collaborate in our community through, you know, networking and education. And I started my own business in 2010 to help more businesses be able to, and be able to do this and replicate the kinds of lessons I learned from helping local businesses and helping other businesses brand themselves and create messaging. And now my business has expanded all over the U S and honestly, actually some people outside the U S so. Yeah. Well, if I get to say this cause I, I know Lauren and I know she loves what she does and she takes on every project that comes her way. Uh, and when she's talking about this, you don't get to see here on the video, but she, she gets so passionate about it. She talks with her hands. She keeps hitting the desk, which I can hear in the microphone. Sorry. <laughs> it's okay. But this is, this is someone who like gives herself to the community and puts her all into everything. But what I want to know through that is, did you hire anyone or did you take a class? Like, I know you went to college for it. I know you did it for your business. But did you find some things that were useful in terms of you learning the craft to a, you know, like the next level? Because there's a lot of business owners that are like trying to figure it out themselves. They're trying to do DIY and it works, but they might need some extra help to get to the next level. Did you like go online and read some things? Like, did you look to certain, you know, these days they do podcasts, but like, what were the things that you were taking in that were giving you the, the lessons you needed to help you get there faster? So you'll notice a reoccurring theme with me is that I, I've never been one to like hack certain systems or like see like, okay, what is the black and white one size fits all thing that helps everyone. And what I really learned is that the experience that I got through making connections in real life, and especially as an introverted person who comes off as an outgoing person, the experience I got from working with business owners and actually hearing their struggles and actually listening to what their their issues were and then developing plans for them just listening to them from a human side and replicating what we do in real life online is what gave me the best experience and that's something that you almost can't learn you can't go out there and learn that and like i said i grew into this digital marketing landscape in a time where this didn't exist you know this wasn't something that people were teaching in school yet. There wasn't like a social media degree. There weren't um, influencers necessarily in the same way that we understand what they are now. So of course I learned some things online. You know, I still look things up. I, I still, uh, you know, study as much as possible. So I can say that something that really, really fascinated me and really helped me was going to conferences, going to as many learning opportunities as I could because I realized at some point that because I had this crazy experience of starting a successful legendary retail business at the age of 19, that I had a completely different experience than other people. And I had a, a different outlook on things than other people because I hadn't been taught principles of marketing at first. I hadn't been taught how to run a retail business. In fact, I had only worked one retail job in my whole life. And that was for three weeks during a holiday season at the mall. This, it was like a completely new thing. So I got to almost learn it as like a baby, you know, like I got to learn it as I went instead of having some idea of how it should go and then applying those principles. Well, I, I really do love that answer. And I, well, I want to pick it apart because I think there's, there's a lot of value in it, actually. The thing that, that, uh, that sticks out to me is, is this. When I work with a lot of clients, 
the first thing I'm un- unraveling in them is the way they communicate. They, they, there's a tendency for people to try to write in a way and message in a way that is robotic instead of like a human way of having a conversation. And what I'm hearing from you is you, you naturally start with like, how do I want to, how do I want to talk to a person? You're going door to door half the time, making human connections, shaking hands, bringing people in the community to your store and you communicating in the same way. And it's the first thing I have to get people to stop doing. I'm like, how would you write this email to one person? How would you write this post to one person in mind? How do you communicate in a very human level? I love that when you're, when you have to explain, how do you come up with this, your experience in, in, in this place, you start there, which I love so much. And I'll, and you probably have a comment on that, I'm sure. But the second is you mentioned that you're kind of learning it as you're doing it because it's at the beginning phase. And I think to know where you've gotten based on doing it, it's where we are now with a lot of tools that you can learn as an entrepreneur right now. Facebook live is one of them. Uh, podcasting, whatever it is, going live in media in general, taking pictures, posting on Instagram. These are all things you can learn right now while you're doing it. And you, you know, in 10 years could be, could be Lauren, like telling other people that, that didn't start how to do it. Yeah. I never thought about it that way. Yeah. So thank you for sharing that. I'd love you to elaborate on the human element though, because I was going to ask you, and I think that's the answer. I was going to ask you, like, if I had to give some advice to entrepreneurs that are building their business, that are trying to use media now for the first time, I do want to give them some lessons, some places to start. And maybe that's one of them, but maybe there's more key steps to making their messaging around their business better. Where do you start? Can I tell like a small story? Please. Okay, cool. Okay. So, um, like I worked with this nonprofit whose goal was to raise money for, to fund prostate cancer research in our city yeah, at the University of Illinois Medical Rockford. And the man is so passionate about his goals and about this fundraising effort. And he is so passionate about his organization, but all of the messaging online was, here is where you can sign up for this thing. Here is where you can sign up for this event we're doing. Donate today. Here's the link. And while everyone who has ever talked to him knows how passionate he is and can just see it and wants to like dump their life savings into his organization because he's that passionate about it, you can't see that at all online. So he has no way of communicating it to more people than he has time to shake hands with. So the first thing I do when working with a company or a brand or a personal brand about what they do or what their kind of messaging is to the world. The first thing I do is talk to them about, I go through a series of brainstorming questions just to kind of let them like get out of the mode of like, I don't know why this isn't working. So we kind of go through like a a series of brainstorming things. So like I talk to them about what really drives them. I talk to them about, I say stuff like, okay, so tell me a story about why this is a passion for you. Or why does it hurt you or make you upset when people don't understand blank? Tell me a story about how you've affected someone's life positively and what they said about it. Tell me um, a story about three things that uh, made you happy about your business this year. Three, Three outstanding moments in your business this year. And through doing those things, we're able to piece together what their messaging should be throughout their Um, website, throughout their social media posts. And the reason I do this is because if you were to talk to this person in real life, you would immediately want to donate to his organization. You'd want to shake his hand. You'd want to support anything he does. 
So you bring that element of who who you are or what your organization stands for and you put it throughout your messaging and throughout your branding. Um, and then you use that to create your visual identity too, which is like your logo and your color scheme and things like that. But what happens is when you decide what your when you are fundamentally clear on what your passion is behind your branding, no one can compete with you because that passion is yours and yours alone. It only surrounds you and it surrounds your company and it surrounds your, your, the mission of your company. And when you have that, it's not a competition anymore. So you're not competing with all the noise on social media. You're not competing with all these clouds around you of, of different things that people can choose to donate to or to support or to buy from. Um, and the same goes for businesses that are trying to make money. There's a reason why you have decided to create this business. There's a reason why when it gets hard, you don't close. There's all these reasons that surround your business. And if you get really clear about what your passion is, then you're, you don't have any competition and you can really start connecting with people because they just want to connect with someone they trust. What comes to mind is I, I get a certain question all the time. And sometimes it's actually a question they need solved and sometimes it's not. And I'm curious to pose it to you. I'm like, what's the trouble you have with, with social media? Like, or in marketing in general, what's your marketing challenge? And the qu- answer I get a lot is, I don't know how to be consistent uh, with my posting or with my content. I don't know how to be consistent with my content. I'm curious, I have my own thoughts on it, but I'm curious what your answer is to the question, how do you be more consistent with your content? So I, um, I, I run through that kind of brainstorming exercise too a lot with people. And I actually do have a PDF and I think I'll give you the link if you want to put it in the show notes so people can plan out some of their posts. But what I do is I, I kind of wrap up all of these things that make what we are passionate about in our businesses come together. And then I plan it out and I, I like to encourage batching, but I don't like to encourage batching because I think that when you batch things, you run the risk of not engaging with people as well. So when I say batching, what I mean is creating posts, creating a bunch of posts um, for different calendar days, and then maybe even scheduling them on throughout your social media to go out on certain days. And you can sit down and do that all. You can spend one whole day on it and spend all of your time doing this. And then you don't have to worry about it. You can just press go leave and those posts will come out. But the problem with batching is that you do not engage with people when you just press go and you never look at it again. And if you were um, in real life and you were going to a networking event and you went and shook hands with someone and you told them all this great stuff about you, or they asked about you and they seemed very interested in you and they, they're, you know, oh, this is really interesting. What's going on? And um, you know, you give them your business card and then you walk away and you leave and then they contact you and you never contact them back. You never talk to them. They follow you on Facebook. You never follow them back. You're, you never, you know, you never participate in their follow. You never thank them, never appreciate them. They're not going to pay attention to you. So that's how it works online too. If you are sh- sharing your, your mission and you're sharing your passion and people are getting involved and they're excited about your passion, but then you're never communicating with them. You're never engaging in the communities you want to serve. You're never talking to people. You're never asking them questions. Then you might as well not have posted at all. So that's how I feel about how to be consistent. You can create content around certain days of the week. You can create content based on series of questions around your mission. Um, and you can 
post those out there and schedule them out there. But my only rule is if you do that, you have to go in and engage too. I love that. It's It, it seems like everyone should know that, but not everyone follows through. They don't want to take the time to engage. And if you do batch posts, I think that's the advantage is that you can then spend the, the few minutes you have using it to respond and be do the conversational stuff so that you're not taking a medium that was built to be social and turning it into a broadcast vehicle and you're turning it into a TV or a radio, which you're losing all the advantage of social media in general, which is the connection and the conversation. That's exactly right. What, how, much, how much time do you spend engaging with people online? Oh, goodness. Are we flipping the script on this one? <laughs> yeah. Uh, I spend too much time engaging online, to be honest. I need to spend more time in my business and less time interacting, but I enjoy it so much. I enjoy like reacting and and saying, you know, hello to people. And and I actually go out where I spend my time, which the follow-up is important. That actually doesn't take a long time. Where I spend a lot of time is finding new people to connect with online for different reasons. Either I'm looking for communities that really speak to like areas that I'm trying to build my business in. And I'm trying to find like-minded people to connect with. And I'm reaching out there or I'm engaging with their content or I'm posting things that might bring people in and invite them to have a conversation with me. Or I'm finding someone that maybe I'm going to go to a live event next week and I'm trying to see who's going and start conversations in that way. So I use it literally like a a telephone. I'm, I'm like always reaching out, but the replying doesn't take very long. It's the the outreach that I think is the work that people don't do. It's so true. And I think like when I say interacting in the communities that you want to serve, what I mean by communities is hashtag communities, Facebook groups. Um, it's the same as just look at it like real life. It's like going to a networking event. It's like picking out like, oh, I would like to go to the women's networking event in town. Um, they meet every uh, every first Monday of the month. Well, I'm going to go to that networking event. I'm going to participate in them and have fun making those connections and making those connections real. It's the same thing online. You have to, you know, you can't just go push information at people and then expect them to like you and communicate with you later. Participating in those communities is, is what's really um, the big deal. Maybe you can explain hashtag communities because that's not something I think uh, is talked about a lot. People talk about hashtags a lot. Like I need to put the right hashtags. People find my stuff, but explain it in, in the other way. Explain that, like how you look at it in, from a community standpoint. Well, so on Instagram, if you just, for those of you who aren't super familiar with Instagram, you can search different hashtags and you can follow certain hashtags. I personally love the, <laughs> I mean, love them or hate them. I love personality tests. So uh, I love especially Myers-Briggs and Enneagram. So I love hanging out in that hashtag. So I can search that hashtag. I can follow that hashtag. And when I follow it, that means that people who are posting in that hashtag that have good, the Instagram algorithm thinks might be useful to me it will show up in my feed. So I get to participate with that more just by default because it's already in my feed, even if I'm not following that person. But then in addition, I go into those hashtags because hashtags are basically, they are a search tool. Um, So you can click on it and you can go see everyone who's used that hashtag in one of their posts. So I go through and I see what resonates to me. I don't go through and blindly just like a bunch of posts because you, you wouldn't do that in real life. So I go through and I see what connections might resonate with me, what posts resonate with me. I like those posts. I comment on them. I try to be encouraging when I can, if it makes sense to do so. But not just 
not just that, like that doesn't necessarily help me in my business. That's just like one way that I'm reaching out because I actually really like hanging out in those communities. But because of that, a lot of the female entrepreneurs who identify with Enneagram or Myers-Briggs, they follow me back because they like participating with the stuff that I'm doing because it resonates with them. So it really all in turn kind of helps each other and holds each other's hand. But, you know, going into different communities like entrepreneur or work from anywhere for people who like to travel and work and they can work from anywhere on their laptop, you can use different hashtags to go search out people who you might like to follow their content. But additionally, when you're using hashtags, you should try to think like your customer and think about what hashtags your customers might be searching through. So not just what what hashtags your customers might be using or what hashtags you might want to use because you like using that hashtag, but actually thinking like your customer and thinking, hmm, well, if I was my customer, what hashtag would I use? And then going into those communities and participating on their posts that resonate with you. Yeah, that's a good example. It's a good idea because for me, I don't like necessarily look at like the entrepreneur blog, you know, hashtags or anything like that. But you know what I did do is when I'm going to a conference, first I was like, oh, I'm going to search all the speakers individually and look at what they're posting and go to their things and interact. And what ended up being much faster was going to the hat, like they had finally created a hashtag for the conference for that year. And I found that year's conference hashtag, clicked that. And first I could like, like and comment on all the things that have been posted and start to understand what's the topics of conversation. And then that's how, that's how that started to engage is I like it for conferences and events as a way to introduce myself to other people that are starting to think about that thing that's coming up as well. And that's, it doesn't have to be the broad things. It can be very specific too. Definitely. And another thing about conferences or any event that you're at, if you are on Instagram and you think the people at this event might be on Instagram too, it's always fun to, instead of swapping business cards, um, swap your phones, have them plug in their Instagram name, follow each other. And then as I walk away, I send a little message to them saying, Hey, we just met at this event. Super awesome. Connecting with you talking about this, this, and this no call to action, no, like, let me sell you something, no set up a calendar thing, like just general connection building. And I've done that at so many conferences and I have friends from all over the country just because I've created friendships with them by adding them on Instagram. Now, since we're talking about conferences, I I think it's worth noting that you yourself, you not only have attended at conferences, you've been speaking also, which is awesome. You have thrown a conference, which not a lot of people have the the guts to take that on and the, the patience and the time. How did you get into that? How did you tell us about this conference that you throw and what's been going on with that and how you got into that? Well, in 2010, the same year I started my business, the same year we got married was the year that I created this nonprofit with a couple other local business owners. And we got together and we decided we wanted to educate local business owners. We wanted to get them together to collaborate. We wanted to get the community to know local businesses more because we just felt like that was kind of missing here at the time. And now it's a lot, it's a lot different, a lot different, um, you know, outlook on things. There's a lot more towards buying local, even nationally, people are talking about it a lot more. But at the time there was nothing really going on to like push people towards buying locally. So we um, got these local and small businesses together. They made me their leader. I think it's because I, wanted to organize everything and wanted, you know, to, and I was good at that. And I, it was interesting to have that because 
again, I had no idea what it took to start a nonprofit. I had never run anything like that. I kind of was like, you guys don't want me to do this. I don't know what I'm doing. And they were like, no, you need to do this. Like, this is you. This is your passion. We can't do this without you being the leader. And so I was like, okay, I'll do this. So fast forward a couple of years, you know, we've put, we put on lots of local events. We put on um, public events, but we also put on uh, monthly events for businesses to get together and be educated on panels and um, hear from local and regional experts. But then um, four years ago, we decided to put together this social media conference. And it had been a dream of mine since I attended my first social media conference to put one on in my own city. And that was so many years ago. And I said, you know, I want to do this. I want to bring in experts from all over the world, all over the country to come speak to people in Rockford, because I think sometimes the people in my city feel so um, overwhelmed with their local businesses that they feel they can't leave. They feel like they can't take off a week to go to a conference somewhere else. So I said, I'm going to start this one day conference here in my city and I'm going to bring in all these experts from all over the place. And I'm going to make it specifically geared towards local businesses because there are no other conferences doing that where it's specifically geared towards local businesses that I know of. I'm sure there are some out there. So, you know, now four years later, we just had our most successful one yet. It's all based on social media and small local businesses. And we had amazing speakers, Jeff Goins, Mike Kim, Chris Straub, Valerie Morris, Dorothy Elson. It was just like a crazy, crazy, awesome day. And it's amazing. Like three of those people have been guests on the podcast. It, it becomes a very small community and not, and not because I knew that they were going to be like, we didn't know each other. They weren't necessarily connecting in that way. You did refer Mike Kim to me and thank you for that. But it, it's funny how these things start to connect the dots. I do want to ask if we have to leave a couple of little tidbits for, for the entrepreneurs here to take away in terms of what I want to say is how do you start to bring people into these things you're building? So you had to build a conference. You had to find people for that. You've had to build your own brand. You've had to build a store. I'm building brands online. It's at the end of the day, the, the discovery piece of this, getting people to, you know, I'm like, if you build something great, but no one knows it's there, you know, you still have to get people to discover this thing. And I know there's lots of ways to do that, but one of the ways that, that we've talked about and that, that is very common out there is lead magnets, but not every person knows that the, some of the good ways to get started in building these discovery tools. And for those of you who don't know what lead magnet is, I'll let you help us define that too. But let's talk a little bit about that, how to bring people in and discover your business overall, since you've done it on so many different platforms. So I feel like sometimes the word lead magnet seems a little like icky marketer. And what people generally mean by lead magnet is um, some kind of valuable downloadable or some kind of valuable product or item that you can give people in exchange for them being on your list. So um, you want to build a strong email list and you want to build that email list, not just populated with emails, but populated with emails of people who actually care about the content you're putting out. So what you want to do is create a some kind of downloadable PDF or um, some kind of informational thing that you can give people that absolutely adds value to their lives, absolutely helps them do something or create something. And in exchange for that, they'll be on your email list. And people, there's, <laughs> we all have emails in our inboxes that we love and we all have emails that we delete. We don't even look at them. So 
as a goal, as a business or as a personal brand, you should aim to be one of the ones that people really pay attention to and really want to read. You don't want to be the one that they delete. So um, I think starting strong with a very valuable PDF or a very valuable thing that you can give them in exchange for that email is great. But you should have an email list because if social media was wiped from the planet today or Facebook shut down or the day that Facebook and Instagram shut down for one day and everyone went crazy and everyone flooded to Twitter on those days. It's like, man, I'm really glad I have this email list of people I can still connect with and they're not gone forever because I can, I still have the ability to email them and they can still stay connected with me. So how do you make a lead magnet? Um, I would say you would take the information that you already know that is valuable, something that you maybe frequently ask questions that you get asked all the time about what your passion is, about what you do. Or um, I have a really good friend who has a chronic illness blog. Um, it's called River and Quill. There's my a shout out for you. And, um, you know, she has a chronic illness um, grocery shopping list that she, for her, for the specific illness that she has, where people with this specific illness can go and um, it's a lot of, you know, foods based that affect this illness. And so it's a grocery list that you can go download. So it can help you navigate the grocery store basically when you're already so tired and you're dealing with this chronic illness. Um, so things that are really valuable to people, things that help them, things that will actually improve what they're doing. That's the kind of thing that you put together as a lead magnet. And then you can use um, websites like ConvertKit or like MailChimp or, um, you know, your website to gather those emails and to send those emails out and um, obviously have them opt in legally so they know that they're getting on your email list in order to get that PDF. That's the way to go. Yeah. And I've, I, you know, I've run into a couple of people that say it's, it's hard to think of which ones to give. And it's like, there's, I think there's two sides of this. You can either do a little research in your industry and see what other people are doing. So, you know, at least what the benchmark is, what the standard thing is that people are, are giving away. That's the, the tool, the audit, the, the report that everyone in that industry gives away so that you're at least meeting the benchmark and you have that available somewhere. If people are looking for those kind of tools, very often it's likely that other people are giving them away too. And then that's to get you to, to, to par. I think you can also, which I, I think from our conversations helped me figure out was if you're doing any kind of content creation, which you should be, you should be figuring out, you know, what can do people that, that want to buy from you need to know? Like what in your industry can you educate them on? If you write any content at all, whether it's one paragraph or three or five or whatever, there's usually a question in that that you're like, what else would they want to know? Like what question could they answer? It took me, I produced so much content. I had trouble coming up with lead magnets because I wasn't thinking what else? Like, okay, after this episode with Lauren, what else are they going to want to know? And I can answer those questions in a downloadable form and ask for an email in exchange for that, those answers. And I think that that, that process is just not obvious to us if we're not doing it all the time. Yeah. So take that, take that stuff that you already know that might even be in a blog post already. If you, if you write a blog or something that you answer all the time, and then just dig a little deeper and give them some of that really valuable information that people would generally maybe pay you for, but you don't have to provide too much, provide a little bit, provide it enough to get them started and provide them enough to give them some intense value. But like, it doesn't have to be a course is what I'm saying. You know, it can be a worksheet. It can be a a grocery list. It can be a... It could be a quiz. 
a quiz. It can be a lot of different things. Yeah. Yeah. And what's funny is I think some people worry that, well, if I answer all these questions, then they won't need to buy from me. And I think at the end of the day, there's two things that happen. Either they saw that you were helpful and honestly, they don't want to do the work themselves. So they buy from you anyway, and they're happy that you help them. Or they buy something else from you. They, you know, they figure out along the way that there's something else they want from you other than this thing, but you're an expert now that they're looking for, for help. So. Yeah. I've, I mean, I've never sold, I've never technically sold anything to the people on my list. I just know that they are the people who would find my stuff interesting and they'd find my, either my life interesting or they would find my um, skill set interesting. And I want to be close to those people. It's just like real life. You want to surround yourself with people who appreciate your knowledge and who want to learn from you. And then you also want to surround yourself with people two steps ahead of you that you want to learn from. Um, and that's, that's how this whole thing works. I couldn't agree more. Now we are coming towards the, the back piece of the, the podcast here. Uh, I do want to ask the question that I ask many of the guests that come on, which is, do you personally believe that branding or selling is more important long-term for a business and why? I think sometimes people skip the selling part. They think, you know, I don't want to be a salesperson. I don't need to make money. I just want to be comfortable. But the truth is you do need money to live. You need money to pay your bills, to pay your electric bills, to buy your dog's food or your kid, your kid's food if you have kids. Um, and so I think that you have to have a fundamental knowledge of how to sell something and how to sell it well, how to sell it in a way that feels genuine and authentic to yourself and what your ethics are and what your morals are. That being said, branding is going to be more important long-term because as people recognize what your mission is as they recognize your logo, especially for a local business, it might be years before, like someone might come in for at Christmas time and buy some Christmas presents. And then it might be two years before they come in again, but maybe they saw something about our branding on their favorite news station, or maybe they heard an interview with me on the radio and it reminded them of how special they felt when they came into our store and the whole messaging behind our store and how all of our products have a purpose. And that kind of thing is what helps people um, remember your your brand. And when they remember your brand, it compels them to want to come inside the doors. Once they come inside the doors, you need to be able to sell them <laughs> something because that's how business works. So I don't know if that answered your question. It does. It does. Okay. Uh, yeah. I should be a politician. <laughs> <laughs> Playing both sides of the fence there. Yeah. <laughs> well, I'll ask you this. For you in your personal life, what kind of brands are you buying for your everyday? Not your business, not for your store, for Lauren. Are there brands that you just, you love that you're buying all the time? There's a brand that I'm pretty impressed with right now. It's called Noom. It's like a, it's a diet app, technically. It's kind of on the same level as like my fitness pail or um, what is the other one? Lose It or something like that. But it's all based on psychology. So it um, has a lot of different articles and a lot of different value ads, and it costs a lot more than my fitness pal or or lose it or something like that. But the psychology behind it is just really impressive, and it really makes you trust and believe that you're being healthy. And my goal is to just live the healthiest life I can, 
And so I, I downloaded that because I have been on this journey for a long time of um, getting healthier and I wanted to like take the next step and I wanted to be challenged a little more. And so that's a brand I've been really impressed with. Lots of articles, lots of information, and they just do a really good job. So Noom, it's N-O-O-M. Awesome. Check that one out. Personal brand I'm impressed with is Lizzo. She's um, a singer. I don't know if you've heard of her. She's been doing these crazy, amazing performances on like the award shows and stuff. But her Instagram is all about self-love and about um, taking care of who you are. She's a hip-hop artist, loving yourself and um, just like being cool with yourself. And I just think her personal brand is so on point. It's so cool. And it just makes me want to be close to her. There, there, There's LD showing her edgy side. <laughs> <laughs> of course, had to drop the music, the music reference. Uh, I'd ask you this uh, also. Now, we know what brands, you know, a couple of brands you've liked. I appreciate you sharing those with us. What brands do you trust? Again, like Noom is like one of those ones that I'm just, I've been super impressed with lately. Let me think what other brands or whatever other brands do I trust? Because I, I spend a lot of time thinking about local brands, you know? I don't spend a ton of time thinking about na- on the national side or anything like that. Local's good. Local's great. Yeah. What's a local brand you trust? Well, I love this. I love this grocery store here in town called Choices. What I love about them is that they do all the vetting for you. So you know that when you go there, you're not going to get um, artificial ingredients. You're not going to get any like preservatives, any GMOs. Every single thing in the store is GMO free. So I know that the meats I'm getting, the groceries, the like vegetables I'm getting, the vitamins I'm getting are, have been vetted already. So I really love that brand, Choices Natural Market. I'd love to tell people like how they can find you as well. Where's, where are you active? What's a good way to, to kind of get to know you better? Man, I love Instagram so much. I just love hanging out on Instagram. It's my platform for sure. It's where I find the most um, community. It's where I find the most friendship. and. I love getting to know people there. So if you want to follow me on Instagram, you know, um, my stories are where you really see the personal side of me. And that's where I would, that's where I would tell people to find me at. Awesome. And uh, anything else you want to leave the audience with here? Any uh, big goals you have coming up? Things you want to talk about? Big goals. I think um, I'm just really looking forward to traveling a lot more. I have a lot of conferences booked for the rest of the year. I'm going to go meet Seth Godin in Chicago coming up here. And I'm going to um, a conference in Portland, Maine. And I'm going to a conference in London, um, in Tennessee. Uh, So I've got a lot of different conferences and travels coming up. And I'm really excited about that. That's what I'm really, I'm really focused on that right now. Well, I encourage everyone, if you get a chance to go to events in your industry or just outside of your box even and meet new people, get new ideas, that's how Lauren and I met in the first place. Aside from the networking group, the Mastermind, we got to meet in real life at a conference because we have this mutual interest in marketing. And it's a great way to like turn those digital connections into in real life connections. So get out there and do it. It just makes everything uh, so much more interesting in terms of what you can learn, how you can grow. So thanks for coming on the show today. Thank you so much for having me. And I, I fully, I just want to back that statement up. I fully agree. Like meeting you at the, at the conference that, well, we tried to meet up at another conference, but didn't quite work out. We kept missing each other, but at the conference where we got to hang out, it's so nice to meet someone in real life, help them 
introduce them to people, have them introduce you to people and um, kind of go at it together. And it's, it's just like, this is what it's all about is making real connections. So I couldn't agree with you more. All right. Well, thanks again. And that's the show for today. I hope everyone is having another great week. Get out there, build your brand, put yourself out there. And uh, thanks for listening. You've just taken your marketing knowledge to another level with this episode of Brands on Brands on Brands. But we have plenty more ways to not just help you build a business, but build a brand. Head over to brandandbrands.com for more resources, as well as access to our blogs, videos, and exclusive coaching sessions with your host. Be sure to visit brandandbrands.com.